Today is Saturday, June 25th, 2016, and this is Radio Wave. been called a true miracle of God. Its followers have been persecuted and shunned for their beliefs, yet there is no doubt that the lives of millions of men, women, and children have been changed by it. Medjugorje, where on June 24, 1981, six children began having daily conversation with the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary's message of peace, love, and harmony have already altered the future of the world. Mary revealed in Medjugorje that had she not come, the world would have destroyed itself. How can you find out more about this global, life-changing event? Medjugorje The place where the Virgin Mary comes daily to grace the world with her presence and blessing. Why would one not go to Medjugorje now, in the time when the Holy Mother of Jesus is still present now in the holiest of villages? Medjugorje can only be experienced. Have you yet to live this experience? Or have you gone to Medjugorje and never truly experienced Our Lady? Many are called, but for those who respond, there is no regret. Come now to Medjugorje and be blessed by the Holy Virgin Mary, the Queen of Peace. BVM Caritas Pilgrimages has guided thousands of people just like you in what many consider the best spiritual format to go to Medjugorje. Founded by a friend of Medjugorje, BVM Caritas knows that a good pilgrimage does not just happen. Sign up today for your Medjugorje encounter with Our Lady. BVM Caritas. Call today in the U.S. 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000. And ask about your Medjugorje pilgrimage. Or go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, and click on Medjugorje Pilgrimages. Your pilgrimage does not begin the day you leave your home. It begins today. BVM Caritas Pilgrimages, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham.
I want to go to Mechigoria, as does probably most of the Caritas community sitting on the other side listening to this broadcast tonight. As you heard, Mechigoria is not something that can really be explained. A friend of Mechigoria started BVM Caritas Pilgrimages 30 years ago. It was the very first out really outreach of Caritas was actually pilgrimages, bringing people to Mechigoria for the purpose of encountering Our Lady. Yes, you learn the history of the apparitions, but most importantly, you learn the reason why Our Lady is here. 35 years today. 35 years is longer than some of us here in the community have been alive. For some of us here in the community, Our Lady has appeared every day of our life. We have not had a single day without Our Lady. And there's a great responsibility, as you have heard a friend of Medjugorje say in the past, there's a great responsibility with Our Lady and having been so exposed to her and living the messages every day and being so exposed to the messages, being exposed to the blessing that we receive every day in her apparitions. And this is not something that we should take lightly, but something that we should take with great responsibility. We have a BVM Caritas pilgrimage group in Medjugorje right now, and what we're going to play for you tonight is a talk that a friend of Medjugorje gave to the Caritas pilgrimage group yesterday, and it's beautiful and prophetic in light of the message that Our Lady had given to us today that our Joan is going to read for you in just a second. So some of what you might hear a friend of Medjugorje say tonight might be something that you have already heard before, but in the context of the message that Our Lady gave to us earlier today through Maria, in the context of being in the village of Medjugorje, and in the context of the grace of the anniversary, many things that you hear before have a new meaning or bring new meaning. And so that's what you'll hear tonight with a friend of Medjugorje in speaking to the BVM Caritas Pilgrimage Group. But first, Joan is going to read the message. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's June 25th, 2016th Monthly Message to the World. Dear children, give thanks to God with me for the gift of my being with you. Pray, little children, and live God's commandments that it may be good for you on earth. Today, on this day of grace, I desire to give you my motherly blessing of peace and of my love. I intercede for you with my son and call you to persevere in prayer so that with you I can realize my plans. Thank you for having responded to my call. So if you are out there wishing that you were in Medjugorje right now as well, we remind you what a friend of Medjugorje has said from the beginning that we weren't meant to go and build a home in Medjugorje, but we are to build Medjugorje into our homes. And here at Caritas is a living example of that. Last night, the community gathered in the field of apparitions for a prayer vigil with a few of our friends. And we played music and lit candles and watched the sun set while the stars came up at night. And after our rosary... Everyone was asked to say one phrase or one line from one of the messages Our Lady has given over the past 35 years. No one was prepared for this. We passed the microphone around, and the only stipulation was they could not say the words, Dear children, or thank you for having responded to my call. Too easy. And no one could repeat a message. So everyone was challenged 
to spontaneously come up with a message of Our Lady, and it was a very beautiful thing to see everyone have an original message to offer. And of course, even the little children wanted to get involved, and so mothers were whispering words into their ears, and they would try to translate that into the microphone. But to see a community that has the message deep in their hearts, that they could come up with so many new, different messages, advice of Our Lady, guidance from Our Lady, just pure love from Our Lady, already there in our hearts, in the fabric of our lives. This is what it means to bring Medjugorje home, make Medjugorje where your home is. So we hope that during these days of grace, you've been able to reflect on the conversion and the graces that has been bestowed upon you through Our Lady of Medjugorje and her visitation to the earth. You're taking the time, as she said, to give thanks to God for the gift of Our Lady being with us all these years. So we give to you a friend of Medjugorje, and in what he speaks, you'll hear some familiar things, but also with new thoughts, an accumulation of grace through the years walking this path with Our Lady. And so with the grace of the village, with the grace of daily apparitions, this is a friend of Medjugorje with the Caritas Pilgrimage Group. Well, welcome to Medjugorje, everybody. We always hit Medjugorje going to confession the first night. I was in confession line last night, and by the time I got through the three people in front of me, I'd already committed five more sins I had to confess. <laughs> I saw a lady there, and I didn't realize she was with our group. Her name's Christine. Where are you? You look Polish. I thought she was, it was Polish and um, English. So every time a new priest could come by, I'd go over there real quick, you speak English. And finally I got out of the line. There was three women in front of me. I always know not to get in front of the women. Because a man goes in and confesses his sin. said, I did this, this is what I did. The woman has to explain every detail. <laughs> this woman on the right, did you see her, Christine? She was there an hour. Just an hour talking to the priest. I know why priests are celibate and don't get married now. So it's uh, it's real adventure. But I want to encourage you, the first thing you do in Medjugorje, no matter if you just went to confession, is you go to confession. And then after you've been here, toward the end of your trip, go to confession again because you recognize sins that you didn't know you have, just like I did last night, those five. But nevertheless, Our Lady has something here for you to change your life and your direction because the world is on a path of destruction. There's a song in the 60s called... Eve of Destruction. The older people remember that song. And it's so prophetic that it's amazing. A lot of songs that was in the 60s and the 70s were songs that at the time were not prophetic, but now if you listen to them, are describing exactly what's taking place today. And so we're in a moment in the world where there is a lot of great sorrow, a lot of brokenness, and it is here for a purpose to walk you through that. Conversion is very sweet, it's very beautiful, but it's heart-rendering and it's heartbreaking. And so Our Lady is here for you to break your heart on her. She's here with a purpose to change the direction of the world. This is her time. She said that this is my time. Don't let anybody tell you that church has not approved Medjugorje. 
I don't have to pay attention to it. And don't let them teach you to buy the lie that if the Medjugorje is even approved, the church is only saying that it's worthy of belief. It's not necessary for salvation. That's been true up to Fatima and to Lourdes and these other apparitions, but this is it. Our Lady's here because the world has lost. And it can't be recovered for its salvation except through the woman, the mother. Because Christ has washed his hands. You say he'd never do that. No, he won't. But when you drop a crucifix in 1979 and put it in the Museum of New York Metropolitan Museum in pig urine and nobody raised cane, nobody poured out in the streets, nobody went in and said, we'll destroy this. It shows the level of Christianity is not convicted anymore. That was in 1979. And look what they're in our face now doing. But is it their fault? No. This paganism, this evil has always been there. The suppression of evil is when Christians are strong, they're convicted and shamed by what they do. But there's no shame today. And it's not shame on them, it's shame on us. And so that's what he's telling us, that we have to change the direction of our life, not everybody else out there. You can't work on them until you work on your own heart. And so Medjugorje is a place of confrontation. This is catechismic. This apparitions and what they're taking place now at this moment would not happen if it was necessary for the church to be saved. Jesus promised the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. But that's a promise of Jesus. And had our lady not come, it would have. You said, well, Jesus said it wouldn't. That's why he sent our lady, because it's not supposed to. But don't think what we are with the church and the conditions of everything. And even two popes, three popes ago said, the smoke of Satan's entered into the church. And so our lady has come to build the church through you. She says, you are the church. The church is in your heart. And so our lady's coming to build up an army of people that she calls now her apostles, just like Jesus came 2,000 years ago. This is her moment to revive her son in the heart of the world. And this is the second biggest thing in the history of the church. What about Fatima? What about all this? Medjugorje is the fulfillment of all Marian apparitions. Our Lady says after these apparitions, she'll never come back to the earth again. Why? Because she says it won't be necessary. Man will have everything he needs for salvation. Well, what about the cross? What about Jesus did? People rejected salvation. I've learned through these apparitions with this modern time and how we're tainted, even in the most Christian walk, in our perspective, instead of aligning reality, we rely on with perspectives of how we are affected by everything from electronics to the world to modernism. That she's come to align us back with reality, not your personal perception or your personal truth or what you believe. So these apparitions are necessary and will give us everything to live to the future of the Antichrist and make it through. Not everybody, but you'll have everything you need. So, we're in the midst of something that we can't accept. Well, Medjugorje is not that important. If church approves it, it's just going to say it's worthy of belief. 
This does not apply to these apparitions. It is necessary. People's salvation depends on it. People are going to perdition before this. You may have been going to perdition before you come here or before you heard about Medjugorje. We're a very sick world. Our lady told Yvonne around 84, the world would have destroyed itself had she not appeared here. You're walking on sacred ground. You're walking on something when it was like to walk with Jesus Christ when he walked the earth. Mary is here every day. The reason I was in a Herod confession yesterday because I had to go meet Maria for her apparition. I don't want to miss the apparitions. We've got the gift of being at every apparition when we're here. We require the community to always go to the apparitions. We're among very few people that can just go to that on any moment. And that's the relationship that they gave us as a family first, as a gift, but we give to you, and that's why we know so much what we know about the apparitions behind the scenes, because we have deep discussions. Nobody, even the visionaries, do not comprehend the greatness of these apparitions. It is our hope. It is our future. And it's why I say, Jesus redeemed me, and Our Lady has saved me. And just because Jesus did what he did, doesn't mean you're redeemed. We've forgotten what that means. And the world took a turning point when we didn't stop convicting when this crucifix was just one symbolic thing of many things that happened, that our weakness as Christians has not stopped anything. And they're rolling over us. But our ladies recently told us the church is growing. How does it grow? When Coptic Christians get their head cut off. Some of those Muslims that did that will convert. We know the saints and we know what they did in the Colosseum and we know many pagans left the Colosseum saying, great is the God of the Christians. So don't think everything's going to be a bed of roses for you. And if you may not be martyred, you will in your conversion. The process of conversion is very difficult. It's easy in the beginning because our lady's not going to be hard on you. She'll strengthen you. She'll get you to a certain point that then she can start revealing to you all the consequences of your sin. All that you have touched, all those you've led into sin without even realizing it because you thought everything was okay. We're all guilty of that. And so our lady's come to give us a conscience, a sensitivity toward God of how much he loves us. Not a God who wants to bear down and crush us, but who wants to save us. And so the messages of Our Lady are not something that you just read as repetition, because if you're in that stage of repetition, and everybody goes through that, they're saying the same old thing. These things are profound. That's why you can read a message today, read it tomorrow, it says something else to you. I've planned to do talks two days before I might read a message, I say, I'll use this, and then two days later I give it to a talk, and it doesn't say what, I, I can't find what I... I heard in that. But I get something else out of it. They are given simple, loosely, without specifics, to give maximum room to the Holy Spirit to speak to you individually. Sixty or so of you here can hear the same message differently applied to your life than generally for the whole world. The application of these messages help us understand the Bible because we don't understand anymore. We don't understand the Word. Because the men who wrote that, the men who lived through that, were ancient. They had no concept 
the electronics, the modernism, the travel, the speed of light at which we move and live on a daily basis. So we need a preface for the Bible. We need something that can explain it to us. Before the messages, I didn't really understand the Bible. I understand almost everything in the Bible now through the messages. Is the messages greater than the Bible? No, but it's greater than any of the books. All the saints' books, everything, every testimony in 2,000 years of Christianity, these messages above all those together. This one book with the messages, Our Lady, what she's saying here, is greater than all the theology and everything, all the works we have. All what the popes have said. Is Our Lady on the same level as Jesus? Is she greater than Jesus? Is her words greater than the Bible? Is it on the same level? No. Our Lady leads us to Jesus. Her words here lead us to the Bible. There's nothing more important for you than the words of Our Lady that she's given today. The Bible will come to life to you in a way that you've never experienced it before. And so, don't pass these words off. The messages that I have is just something simple, something just repetitious. And the higher the theology, the more people see is, I don't need this stuff. I don't need Medjugorje. We brought years ago a guy here who was, who was a um, Episcopalian. He came here. He was like 19. He converted to Catholicism. A few years later, became a priest. He went through all this stuff. And I saw him with three or four people here probably 10 years later. And I says, well, you're really following all these messages? No, I'm in Augustine. He got messed up with theology. There's nothing more theological today, dead on, than all these messages. We don't need all this high-fluting stuff that you can't read or relate to. We need things that apply to your life when you walk out the store and you meet somebody and you just read a message with their situation, your situation, applies to that, and you'll see it. The messages have life. They're not dead. The Bible has life. It's not dead. And because we said God was dead in the 60s, the Bible, we lost it. We ate and drank unworthily communion. And you eat and drink donation. We went downhill with the Mass. Because we haven't worthily attended that. You have people, and especially youth, going to Sunday Mass, going to communion. What were they doing Saturday night? They don't even know what sin is anymore. And so we come dull when you see a whole church goes to communion. We used to, when I was growing up, half the church, or, th or a third of it, was sitting in the pews, knowing they weren't worthy to go to communion. And so what's happened in this place is the Eucharist adoration has been renewed through here. I saw it. I witnessed this from 1986. There was nobody doing adoration in the 70s. It was all going downhill. My mom went to benediction every Wednesday night. She carried us there. We hated it because after that we went to bingo down there. And those women went to bingo so they could win their money downstairs. Or they went to that benediction for it. And it was full of smoke in there and I couldn't stand being in there. And, and so I hated going to benediction because I related to the smoke. And all that's going on and, and the falsehood of it. So we ate and drank unworthily in the 60s and the 70s. We went downhill. And Our Lady comes along and renews adoration from here. Our Lady comes along and renews confession worldwide here at this place. 
No other place in the world has heard more confessions. You can go to the Vatican. I've been there many times. Four or five priests every day. Here, 50 priests every day, all the time, hours. We passed uh, the confessions last night. I saw at least six priests. Was it 11 o'clock we walked through? Almost 11 o'clock. Still hearing confessions. Where can you go and do that? So confession is the first thing you do here. And then before you leave here, you go again. Because you're going to learn things about yourself. I, I need to go talk to a priest again. Fasting worldwide has been renewed in this tiny little village. Nobody was fasting. Nobody. And I say that like a lady says it. I look at your hearts and I'm in pain. Is every single person in the world? No, there's some people who's holy. But a lady speaks generally and it's a holy, even those who are fasting, they do it in the correct way. So many things in the church are being renewed. This is the center place for the whole world, for the spiritual renewal of the whole world. It's, everything you see in the future is going to come from Medjugorje. The numbers are down here. But that's what happened to Jesus. His numbers were great. Look what happened in one week, Palm Sunday, to the next week. And so we see people have gone to Medjugorje. We had priests, I had a priest here come several years ago, that been coming three years in a row in the mission house, and then he finds out that our lady was still appearing every day. He didn't even know that. But we had people who were on fire about Medjugorje, and they got caught up in their work and what they did, and that, that's, it was like a fad to them. This is something to alter the direction of your whole world and thereby the whole world. Charlie's given us messages. This year she started off with the message, January 25th, 2016. Dear children, also today I'm calling you to prayer. You cannot live without prayer. Does she mean that literally? She means that literally. When she says that, her words have great purpose and great meaning. I was talking to a priest in Rome one time and I asked him, how do you read the Bible? He said, I read it one sentence at a time, and I spend one month on each word in that sentence. You can do the same thing with this. And when you do that, you don't have to spend a month on the Bible. You'll understand instantly what it means for you. You cannot live without prayer because prayer is a chain which brings you closer to God. We're to be chained to God in servitude and into our neighbor. Satan wants you chained to him through slavery. This is January 25th. On 2001, January 1st, Maria went to the mountain. My wife and I and family was in California at the time. And we got called and said this spectacular message was given on the mountain that night. And Maria was told, Now when Satan is unchained, consecrate yourself to my heart and the heart of my son. I called Maria from California. I said, Maria, what is this about? This message last night you received. I said, I thought Satan was already unchained. I said, what did they say to you? She says, now when Satan is unchained. I said, I thought it was unchained. She says, no, he had a long chain. Now he has no chain. So he's loose. So he binds you to sin. And that's slavery. Alay's called us to bind herself as she's coming here in servitude. She's serving us. Alay said once 
something incredible. She says, I stand humbly before your free will. It's your choice. And so while you're here in Medjugorje, you have some choices to make, even if you've been here before. Conversion is a process that happens every single day, will not cease until you draw your last breath. You'll be converted to that point. Our lady wants daily conversion. She continues, she says, Therefore, little children, in humility of heart, return to God. Why? Because we're not with God in many ways, even if we go through conversion. And if you're not a believer, you don't know, you've never had God, then it applies to you too. All of us have to do that. It's not like, oh, I've got to go back to my spouse and tell them to convert. No, I've got to go back and convert more to convert my spouse or my children. In humility of heart, return to God and to His commandments so that with all your heart, you're able to say, as it is in heaven, so may it be on earth. Our Lady is coming here. And she recently said the word revelations, that the revelation come to be. She's here in private revelations, fulfilling and coming to physical reality of public revelations. Chapter 12, the woman clothed with the sun, the moon underneath the feet, 12 stars about her head. That's how they see Our Lady. We're walking revelations right now. What she's saying is private revelations. But she's fulfilling revelations that have been foretold. And I believe with all my heart, all my mind, everything I've experienced here in the 30 years I've been coming here, that this is the woman's time. And she has spoken about the Protestants say, oh, it's the church. Many Catholics say, woman revelation is the church. It's garbage. Theology says that. She's the woman of revelations. If you go back from chapter 12 to the last verse of chapter 11, it says, I saw up in the heavens the Ark of the Covenant opening. A great storm broke loose. When Mary was born 2,000 years ago, a great storm broke out. And she was born. And that ark, who she carried in her, opened. It was her womb. So the Bible makes a big difference to the messages and the reality of what's happening every day. Maria told me, I said, why are these the last apparitions on earth? What do you mean by that? She said, this is the last time our lady will be able to have these kinds of apparitions where we can see her, where we can talk to her and ask her questions and she answer us and where she will appear in this way. So you're at the end of something, and you're at the beginning of something, that once you understand it deeper and deeper, you'll be very grateful that you have the opportunity and the gift to be here and to be on this ground. And can you imagine on a mountain when this physical sign's left that will last at the end of time, no ornaments will destroy it, that you are here. There'll be millions of people here. Millions. Beg and tell us what it was like. What did you do? What did it look like? Did you walk on this mountain? Tell me. You're headed for an incredible future. Not a pleasant, incredible future, but something very, very profound. And that's what the Our Father is. What she says, as it is in heaven, may it be done on earth. She says she's here to bring the kingdom of love. You're going to see massive, massive conversions of some of the greatest Christians 
who are going to be practicing in the church who are Muslims. You see how feverish they are now? What do you think when they become a Christian? They're going to outshine you and me all together. One of them will. I spoke to Mariana about this. She's doing secret prayers. Get the booklet, Mariana Mystery Revealed. Read it here. She says, her and Visa pray these. Maria doesn't have it. And it's like a circular prayer. I said, can you tell me? She says, no. I said, is it part of the secret? She says, no, but I can't tell you right now. It'll be released later. And these prayers is going to be like a tsunami across the world for conversion. She didn't say Muslim, but I took it in the sense of what she meant. There's going to be a moment of some kind of illumination, some kind of knowledge of something that's going to cause the love of God to be in the heart of everybody. And it's at that point where they have the full truth of God in regards to who He is and His love. Because many people have never experienced the love of God. And they're less guilty than you are who know God. That's why as Christians and Catholics especially, we're more responsible because we know more. Too much is given, much is expected. Our lady continues after saying about heaven on earth, relating to the, our Father. You little children are free to, in freedom, decide for God or against Him. Medjugorje is a place of confrontation. August 2nd, 1981. A great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. That's a declaration of war between heaven and earth. So this message, August 2nd, 1981, there's something behind it. Maria was told to go to the Gumno. Gumo is where uh, you'll see it would take you to this place on the second walk through the village. It's profound. But the separation of wheat and the chaff is where the families here go there and separate the wheat from the chaff. They throw up, up on the places of, on their land they call the Gumno. Our lady was told Maria, go to the Gumno, 2 o'clock in the morning, and bring paper with you. And she'll appear. She appeared there. And when she appeared there, what took place was people lined up and two different lines and some would come to her, touch her cloak, and it turned black, some it didn't. And then Maria knew who they were during the apparition. After the apparition, she knew who they were. She was seeing who those were in great sin. So she told them all to go to confession. But with that apparition, she was separating the wheat from the chaff. What happens to the chaff? You burn it. What happens to the wheat? You consume it. Our lady's not just giving messages. She's doing actual actions in her apparitions to teach us this is a separation. She's here for separation. That's why you go back. You're going to see separation. People you know, now people you knew. That's what's going to happen to you. They'll no longer be part of your life. Because you're not just staying in that life. And it's tragic. And it breaks your heart. And it hurts you. But that's part of the path. Many people rejected Jesus. And so this August 2nd, 81 is a declaration of war between heaven and earth. She gave it there at the separation of the chaff and the wheat. And then she even went further showing that some of these people were sinned to go to confession. To repent. And we got people in our face cramming their sins down our throat saying it's not sin, won't us accept it by law and everything else, but it's not sin. And yet, we can't stop them because we're not living Christianity to the fullness. If we did, they would be ashamed to even come up and say what they say. We've allowed this. We've given marriage to divorce over and over and over to now people can redefine it. They didn't take that. We gave it to them. And who's guilty? The church the pulpits, 
They're weak on this. They're still weak on it to this day. I just got to read what the sick bill Pope Francis just put out, and it's still weak. I went to Cardinal Trulio when he was ahead of the pontifical of the family. And so I gave him the book, How to Change Your Husband. I said, this will save marriage. We've already had the experience of it. Thousands of marriages being saved through it. He was for it. But the curtain of power wasn't. It's not necessarily the priest or the bishops. That, it's those curtains of power that they get around them and dictate everything. It's very dangerous. And so they didn't adopt it. And now they come and adopt something. But one thing Francis did say is that he's going to be real lenient for people who's had divorce. And that's what I wrote in How to Change Your Husband and other things, that those in the church are guilty of not being strong in marriage preparation. And the marriage preparation we do now, it's nothing. You should see what we do in our community. When somebody wants to get married in our community, before they even come together, they go to their parents or they, they come to me. And they do a 54-day novena to see if God wants them together. And then we get them and set them down how this will work. It's courtship. You know what the dates are? You know how they date? They go clean the pig pen together. <laughs> they go work the horses driving the cattle together. Or they're in the shipping department or our presses together. We let them work together. That's their dates. And they're never to be alone in this beginning. What do they learn to do through that? They learn to work together. What do you do in marriage? You have to work together. So they do a second 54-day novena. Then after that, another. Two years of 10 to 12 54-day novenas. The first couple, we had four couples get married in our community. The first couple took the test that the priest gives. It's like 10 pages or so. And so they separate. The priest can't even grade it. They send it off. Tony Aaron's test came back, and they said they'd never had this in the United States before. 100%. 100%. People get 60, maybe 65%. Nobody's 100%. Where do we get this? From Our Lady. What do they do when they get married? We have what we call the Tent of Solitude. We made this big, long hallway only that wide. It's made out of a white tent. You walk down to both sides. The bride goes over this side an hour before the wedding starts. And on this side, and they walk down. And at the end, there's a kneeler. And there's a booth like this open. And they can see Jesus in the monstrance. And they do an hour of adoration. Spend the last hour of their state in life with Jesus before they get married. Very profound. It's a three-hour ceremony. It's the Feast of Cana wedding because everybody stays there for two days with us. Two or three days you fly in. People come to us and say, I wish I could get married again. Three hour ceremony. I'm saying this only because showing you they're reaching for people who are on committees that surround this, give the information and they take it in the church. And our ladies coming here not to go through that anymore but to rebuild the church through you. You are the important part to what the church is going to be built on. We don't need any more writings. We don't need any more encyclicals. You might think, Anapta, who's this guy's Catholic who loves the church? I love the church. I love the Pope. I love the positions. I love the priests, the bishops. But there's a lot of error. And we've gone to an intellectual church instead of church of the heart. And for those priests and those religious who do it from the heart, they're powerful. And they're going to be crushed. 
I know many priests that had big followings that were silenced. So our lady can't do what she wants to do on the earth today through the church right now. That's why she's going outside the church. And that's why she says, I'm raising up apostles, just like Louis DeMarfer said. Mary would come at a certain time to raise up apostles of the latter days. The only way to renew the church today is outside the church. There's a writing I wrote that I prayed for our mission. What is our mission? What do you want me to do? And a lady gave it in an instant. It's called Rebuilding the Church. If you don't understand what I'm saying, go read that and you'll grasp it. And if it's too much for you and it chokes you, like St. Paul says, I want to give you solid food, but I have to give you baby's milk. You read Rebuilding the Church and you'll see it when you get back. Everything is on your shoulders. The whole world is in your hands. We're being shattered right now. Our lady says, I want to shatter all the darkness in you. I want you to fall apart in my hands. She gave a message, I think it was October 14, on Mount the Mariana that said, I know you thirst, take from the hands of life-giving water. Referencing her son. She said over and over and over, let me be your extended hands. You are my extended hands. She's given us private messages for our community. You are my extended hands, my instruments. Get as many hearts as possible close to my heart. So, if anything you need to be turned on to is the messages here and read them and get by yourself when you read these in the fields. Are they says, you little children are free to, in freedom, decide for God or against Him. There's no middle ground. You can't stay a little bit in sin and a little bit in heaven. You have to decide. Everything after you come here starts pressuring you down to make changes in your life that you have to go away from. To go toward God. Decide in your freedom for God or against Him. See where Satan wants to pull you into sin and slavery. Therefore, little children, return to my heart so that I can lead you to my son Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. She sounds like a Protestant. But you know, maybe we need to be a little more evangelical. We live in a place that's 2% Catholic and of that 2%, one-tenth of those 2% are really favorite Catholics. And there's a lot to learn from evangelicals. The media makes them as a bad name. We are very evangelical in our mission. We'll go on the streets. We'll do that. We're evangelical Catholics. And we're not ashamed of it because our lady is very evangelical. She wants the evangelization of the whole world. And just because somebody's not Catholic don't mean we can't learn from them. Take the good parts, take the correct theology, and adopt it if you see it works. And we're very weak in the Catholic Church for doing this compared to the Protestants. They're making great headway in South America right now. They're leaving the Catholic Church left and right. There's something wrong with the church. We walk this world today and don't know completely the meaning of our life or existence. We may think we do. But he says, I'm calling you to return to prayer with the heart so as to find hope and the meaning of your existence. You're here on this earth for one thing. I lady want you to understand that. Not to do the things or always enjoy yourself or go through misery or carry crosses. You're here just for a test to see where you're going to spend eternity. 
That's what she wants to be thinking constantly of that death. You should be praying every day for your death, for a happy, holy death, that a lady write the script of your death, that it brings others to conversion. Father Slavko prayed every Friday when he went up to the mountain. He went up every Friday with the villagers and he'd end for a happy, holy death. And he did this for years. He prayed it one day. He says, and let's all pray for a happy, holy death. He walked 15, 20 yards down the, from the cross, drops dead right there. He took my happy, holy death. His secretary said he wasn't complaining that morning. He said he was, he was really hot. He was like feverish. But that's a happy, holy death to die on the mountain. God's ordained how you're going to die and when you die. Why would you not be investing in those prayers to make sure it's not by something self-inflicted or something before your time or being reckless? Because not everybody dies when God wants them to. They take it into their own hands. God has a plan for you. We've got a lot of machinery who people donated that we pray every Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month, for a happy, holy death. And the stories we get are incredible. Because we've been doing this now for seven, eight years. Had one lady just recently wrote to us and said, I had put my, my husband's name, I donated his name for y'all to be praying for a happy, holy death. And he came and converted to Our Lady. And he got cancer. And we found him. He didn't come back. She found him. The chainsaw was running because she didn't know where he was. He was in the woods on the property. And she heard the chainsaw. And just as she gets to him, the chainsaw goes dead. So she heard him because of that. And he was dead. And he was so peaceful. And it was beautiful that how he died and everything. And how he had made amends with God. So our lady's got a lot to teach you. And this I'm just touching on just different examples. And the testimonies we hear are bizarre as far as it can only happen by miraculous reasons. Our Lady says, I want to give you miracles in your everyday life. Live my messages. And she says, if you don't do those messages, I can't do that for you. And I'm talking about real full-fledged miracles. You'll see things and people as you cross are conversions of others. January 2nd, 2016, Our Lady says, the church is advancing and growing because of all those who listen to the words of my son. Who is the word? Jesus Christ. What happened to the Word? He was made flesh. People wouldn't listen to the Word. Jesus told the Pharisees that you don't know the Word. You don't accept the Word. And because you don't accept it, you're basically going to crucify me. Our ladies come with her words, which echo the Gospel, and many don't want to pay attention to them, and many reject them, and many object to you even coming here. Because they don't recognize who Mary is. They didn't recognize Christ, and they're not going to recognize her. And our lady says, August 25th, 1997, soon will come a time when you will lament for these messages. Why? Because once things pass, and this is over, and you miss the time of grace, and be just like those who walked with Christ, and worked in a cobbler shop or worked at the blacksmith shop, saw Jesus go by in Jerusalem, they never paid any attention to him. And then he resurrects and he sees a miracle. They see 3,000 people convert. And one of them may be in there and they says, tell me what it was like. They went to Mary. They went to Peter. Tell me what Christ was like. Well, you had the blacksmith shop right there in the corner. We passed there a hundred times. Why did you do Well, I was busy with life. I had things going on. I had bills to pay. 
There's nothing in your life more important than these apparitions. You go into them, you dig into them, and you got a few days here to do that. We keep you on a schedule here with a purpose of giving you 15 trips out of one trip. If you've been on pilgrimage with other people, you're going to see you're getting 10 times or more plus than anybody else because we keep you in the fields, we keep you here, we keep you in places, and a lot of things are good. There'd be good things offered to you here, but we know the best good. Satan didn't come here and start tempting with what's bothered you before. Once you start converting, he comes here to offer you good and take you for the higher good. We know the structure you need to walk here. And so something may be appealing to you, appetizing, I want to go listen to this person. You can hear that in tape or transcribe later. But there's things that we know that you have to get into a pilgrimage, even if you've been here before, that if you stick to it, you're going to leave here far more. I had a doctor that was pretty well known. He came to me, he says, the last day, he says, I resented the way you ran these pilgrimages. You kept us so tight. You did this. You kept us doing this, doing this, doing this. And this is the last day. He says, but don't change anything. <laughs> it took him until the end to realize, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be. So entrust yourself to a lady. Entrust yourself to us, to our lady. And you'll get something out of this pilgrimage. And do what Ruth tells you to do. Not because we're trying to slave drive you. We don't do this for money. I didn't walk away from my company to waste my time and my world and my business and everything I was doing and my plans for my life. Ruth didn't work away from her college degrees and schooling and everybody else and their life and Brooke. Jacinta was raised there. She was, she was, he was born there. No, she came at one. So we're not here to waste our time. And we really, we tell, well, you sell the writings, what I've written before. If you're not here to really invest in this, don't come with us. We don't want you here because you'll weaken everybody else on the pilgrimage. So you need to really understand that your whole walk here is something that is an investment. And it depends on you what you get out of it. Because we can't force it. We can give you the outline and the guide for it. And the message is, I'll just read something at random. Always speak to you. Many of my children do not see and do not hear because they do not want to. They do not accept my words and my works. Yet through me, my son calls everyone. His spirit illuminates all of my children in the light of Heavenly Father and the unity of heaven and earth. And mutual love because love invokes love. If you have somebody you have to deal with and they don't love, you continue your love, that will invoke love. Recently on one of the radio programs I was talking about, a book we read, Tokyo Attack. We read a lot of military books because everything in spiritual life is military. Don't be passive. I don't like guns. St. Michael's got a spear over there. <laughs> You're in battle, and you better understand that. And it is war. August 2nd, 1981, a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. That is a declaration of war if I've ever heard it. And she says here, the unity of heaven and earth, and she's saying there, 1981, that there's a fight between heaven and hell, and we're in the middle. And then she said the message we just read, you decide for God against them because we're not going to stay in the middle like we did in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s no more in the beginning of the millennium. It is separation time and you got to decide before the gavel hits the block. 
because it's coming. And we're on a judgment. We're on a timetable for 35 years of a 40-year apparition every day. And you stay in the middle, you're going to deeply regret it. God respects you more if you're against him than if you're in the middle. Revelation says that. That your yes be yes, your no be no. And if you're in the middle, I'll spew you out of my mouth. You make him vomit. Pretty tough words. So Medjugorje is a decision. It's, it's, it's to force you on a decision. The judgment will force. Right now in the time of grace, that it might go well for you, live my messages, she says. So she's walking with us. It's by invitation. We got the grace to convert and walk with her because there's going to be a moment when it's no longer going to happen and it's going to come down the gavel and you're going to have to decide at that moment where you are with God or after, because you can't stay in the middle. You're going to be forced to go away to God, fighting God or for Him. Three things I deduced to the messages through 30 years of reading them and prayer and what the Holy Spirit has shown is the three things that's going to happen is, is that there's going to be a great moment of conversion. Then there's going to be a great separation, secondly. And thirdly, your greatest desire in your life will be the conversion of a pagan. Now, that happens... When everything happens, like this prayer, a great sweep and a conversion illumination. There'll be a great conversion, there'll be a great separation, and then your whole desire in life will be conversion for a pagan. But if you've converted, now in the time of grace, you've already gone through that. Because you went to a great conversion, and then you realize you've got to separate from those things that will keep you locked in the sin, and people that won't change, you've got to change your friends, and who you hang around with. And then you want to go back to evangelize those people. Your desire will be for the conversion. You may not even be associated with them, but you'll be praying for them. So see, we're already experiencing that, of what's going to come for everybody, these three things. And this is a, a exciting three revelations from these private revelations. I know that's happening because it's happened to me. It's happened to you. And I know it's coming with a great moment of grace of conversion for the whole world. June 25th, 2007, God desires the conversion of the entire world. So everybody on earth is going to have the opportunity to convert. Does that mean everybody's going to do it? No. But those who are in the church, those who are of God, will be converted in completeness. Not in the completeness they won't be converting, but they'll, they'll be decisively with God. Even we all sin. We're always going to be sinners. Always going to have that. So where do we go from here? What does our lady want to do? She says, on February 2nd, 2016, I have called you and I'm calling you anew to come to know my son, to come to know the truth. I am with you and I am praying for you to succeed. My children, you must pray much in order to have all the more love and patience to know how to endure sacrifice. Why is that? Because everything in our society is to keep their condition on, to convenience yourself. Our cars are like unbelievable what they do now. They even think for you. Everything's this way. We was just at some dairies in, in Washington State and we got a dairy and of course we have animals and stuff to do what Paul says. Even when I was amongst you, I worked for my keep. We don't want to operate and live by donations. 
that's for the mission. So we have our cattle and everything we do, and we grow grass, cow eats grass, we eat cow. So we're doing this to sustain ourselves, to be good stewards of what people give to us. And we're starting to prosper. We've been struggling for 20 years, and it's starting to prosper. Somebody just wrote to us, says, you got horses, you got this. You know, I, I have to work. I got five kids. They don't even know what we went through. We suffered to get to where we are. And we got horses because our kids don't have home computers. They don't have cell phones. We don't have electronics in our house. And we don't go out and play league sports. Their sports is on working cattle with horses. That's our world news. We have built a life that is beautiful. Our lady says, I offer you a, life, a way of life that's bitter, but will contain sweetness of life. And so we have the bitter and the sweetness. And now even some, a couple, not many, but we've had people that criticize it. You know, we're prospering because we've got grace and we've been three hours a day of prayer. Our children are bathed in that. And God's not going to bless you. And we're not after prosperity and we don't believe in prosperity doctrine. But in Matthew 6, God will clothe you. God will take care of you. He will feed you. But that sparrow he's talking about in the air he's going to feed, that little bugger better get out of that nest at 5 o'clock to go find the worm he provided. He's got to dig for it. So you got to work. He's going to give it, but you work. So know how to endure sacrifice. In other words, once you go to conversion, you're going to go through sacrifice. And just be poor in spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, my Son is always with you. His church is born in every heart that comes to know Him. Pray you can come to know my Son. Pray that your soul may be one with Him. That is the prayer and the love which draws others and makes you my apostles. In you they will see Christ, and in you you will draw them, not by preaching and teaching and say so you go to church, by wanting to imitate your life. Everybody's had a school teacher or somebody they were raised or somebody that you admired that you imitate them. People imitate rock stars. People, if that's where their mentality is, they imitate people that are godless. If they seek saints, they imitate them. And everybody wants to imitate what they perceive as good. And so you are to align their perspective with reality, not their way they were raised. And you're the window. That love will draw others to make you my apostles. Love invokes love. If you have somebody as ugly to you, I was never finished what I was talking about a little while ago about Tokyo attack. They had prisoners of war who Doolittle's pilots had flown to bomb Tokyo. Several of them got caught. In the prison they spent a horrific, the Japanese were very, very cruel, very vicious to them. And they finally got a Bible. And they started putting it into practice. It's the seven guys that were in there, I think it was seven. They would be reading the Bible and it says, I love, love your enemies. So they started, when they even got beat or they were mistreated, they would smile at one of the worst prison guards there. And they were starving to death. And then one day, after seven days of doing this or so, six or seven days, this guard brought them a sweet potato, which was like the most beautiful meal they could eat. It was like worth a million dollars to them. And they realized the Bible works. They were showing love. Our lady just told us, this is a recent message, love invokes love. Somebody's ugly to you, they're ugly to you, they're ugly to you. You give back love. There was a guy here, that Frenchman I used to know real good. He spoke really good English, native English, but he didn't know lingo. 
But I was being real persecuted here. They didn't want me in the village. I didn't want to come to this village. That's a whole other story Ruth can tell you about that. But there's been great persecution for us. We've got land here. We're not building houses all over it. We're not building pensions. We want it to protect the oasis. There's a whole reason I already called us here. And I didn't want to come because I already had been persecuted in Alabama from here. It's always part of the spiritual life. So somebody was really ugly. They were trying to do us, even trying to get arrested, trying to get our people arrested. He says, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to kill them. He says, kill them? I said, I'm going to kill them with love. And, and he didn't understand the lingo until I said, he died laughing. But this is how you react. If you want to get back, you love. And you'll be the victor. I heard somebody recently say, or read it, actually it was a transcript from a radio talk show. They said that they hope, I think it was a killer in Orlando, that they hope he burned in hell. That's what he does. He needs to go to hell. Do you realize what you're saying you think that about an enemy? Or even about Hitler? That you're saying, I want Satan to win. When that's taken from Satan, that's a great joy. All the angels of heaven, from one sinner converting, all the angels rejoice. If you want to get back at your enemy, you want them to be won over by Christ. Because your real enemy is Satan to them. And the enemy of Satan is Christ in you. So never, never wish anybody harm, or they're going to get it. I can't wait to see it. I'd like to watch it. No, don't delight in that. Our lady didn't do it going down to Via Della Rosa. She suffered in silence. That is prayer and the love which draws others and makes you my apostles. I'm looking at you with love, with a motherly love. I know you. I know your pain and sorrows because I suffered in silence. Sometimes there's no reason to argue back to somebody. Just be silent. There was times Jesus, no matter what he said, he knew it was, was worthless. His great silence before Pilate, when he's been questioned and all through that period, it was via Della Rosa, is a testimony. Because there's nothing you can do in speaking to some people and trying to convince them of something. And so our lady suffered in silence, and that's the great oppression. To have the answer and not be able to give him. Read to love. This is a reality. This was lived. This is not some poem. This is blood, sweat, and tears. And death to self. Everybody get a copy of that. Because you'll go through it if you haven't gone through it. And sometimes you know that the person you're dealing with, they don't even have the mentality to understand what you want to tell them. So you just be quiet. You don't even talk. I tell a lot of women when they say, my husband won't talk to me. I says, you've oppressed him. He's not going to talk to you. Because a woman does like, she wants to explain everything. He just can't express himself because women can express themselves pretty good. So he goes, we call him shutdown mode. He just won't talk. He'll just stop. There's no use to say anything. So our lady's got a lot of wisdom. She's showing these things. You may not like to hear these things. But pray and you'll see it. I know your pain and sorrows because I also suffered in silence. My faith gave me love and hope. I repeat the resurrection of my son and my assumption into heaven is hope and love for you. Our lady said, April 2nd, 2016, 
Always pray anew for all the more love because merciful love brings light and breaks every darkness. Our Lady wants to shatter darkness in your life. She wants to destroy it. And it's not a pleasant thing when that struggle comes about. But she's here. She wants you to fall apart in her hands. Our Lady just gave a recent message. We're quoting a lot. She says, everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. The world's going away. How we live now is not going to continue. This is a book. There's five volumes of it. It's the Point Men Guides. Some of you know about it. Some of you don't. This gives you all the slant on these messages. It was on the index. So a lot of controversies about it. Maria asked on behalf of some seminaries back in 1981, can we read these books? Or they said, one must read these books. Maria Vitor lived in the 40s. She wrote what's called the Point Man Guide. And she saw the life of Christ. Mel Gibson made a movie on the life of Christ based on Catherine Emmerich. That was in the 1700s, 1800s. Before that was the mystical city of God by Sister Mary Jesus of Agreda. She saw Our Lady and Jesus in this real flowery way. Very difficult reading, built thick book. Catherine Emmerich saw Jesus talking like this, made to you, off from a distance. Maria Valtorta was in the middle sitting there, listening to Jesus, and Jesus was where she was sitting there with the apostles. So there was a big controversy. We were the biggest promoters of these books. People condemned us for it. The wonder of the conservatives, because the Orthodox on both sides are after Medjugorje, condemned me for doing them. So I wrote to the Vatican. I wrote to John Paul. Uh, Ashley Cardinal Ratzinger. Ratzinger sent it to John Paul. John Paul sent it to the Catholic bishops. They, after 11 months, gave a verdict saying one can read these books. Just don't declare them supernatural. My bishop was beside himself. You, he didn't know I wrote the letter. He said, I got a letter from, from the Pope for you about this. He said, you're in church history. Because they, they gave an edict according to the letter. I, I said, I laid the Medjugorje said to read these books. I didn't shy about that. And some Medjugorje people got mad because they knew this was on the index. They said, you don't get Medjugorje condemned. I said, no, you're an atheist with the apparitions. I know the apparition is real. I know a lady says it. I believe it. I don't care what's going to happen. If they're real, then the church will do it. So the verdict came back is don't declare them supernatural, but you can read them, which is fine with me, because that's how everything is. You got to go through proof, you got to go through living it, and then later the church accepts it. And you have a lot of priests that's young now that's going through these books. They believe in later there'll be bishops, and they're going this this will come in, in its own time. But the beauty of these books are incredible. They give you a slant on the messages, and so. They go through some of the miracles, but the different stories we've never heard of. But Jesus has been just kicked out of the town called Pella and another town. They reject him. The 12 apostles are walking with Jesus, and they are, it's raining and all kinds of problems. But this one woman comes up to him on the trail and says she's heard that he's Jesus. And she starts to explain her son was possessed. He did uh, exercise them, and he converted and she was weeping, and she was explaining to Jesus that he's repossessed now more than ever a demon. <coughs> Full possession. And now he's going around speaking of Jesus and denouncing and has destroyed Jesus' reputation and apostles in this whole town. And she's weeping. She falls to the ground. She's just like a bunch of clothing rattled up. And she's just really rendering. And Jesus says, I don't want nobody to know I'm Jesus, who I am right now. So he says, let's go to this next house and I'll see if we can go in and talk. So he goes in and talks to her. 
and she just starts saying how bad her son is. He's damned. He's going to hell. And are you going to curse me for giving birth to him? And so Jesus says this. And I say this only because Our Lady will send you through things that will break your heart. The purpose of that is for what Jesus told her. Because this guy has gone twofold possession and fully the devil. And she knows there's no hope because he's already been saved. Jesus bends over and lays his hands on her shoulders. Stand up, he says, calm down. You are dear to me, poor mother. Listen to me. And then she responds, are you not cursing me because I gave birth to him? And then our lady says this, and you think this about your children, your spouses, or people you know. Especially women, because he's talking to a mother. And Jesus says, oh no, referring not to cursing you. Oh no, you are not responsible for his error. And for your own relief, you must know that you can bring about his salvation. A guy twice possessed. The ruin of sons can be repaired by mothers. And that is what you will do. Your grief, since it is sincere, is not sterile. It is prolific. You are expiating for him with such righteous intention that you are the indulgence for your son. He will go back to God. Do not weep. She continues to say, but when? But it later goes on to talk about that. This is what Mary is here for. We're her sons. And if you got a son, your daughters, your grief has purpose. If they're headed to a perdition or your spouse, your heart being broken will be the indulgence it draws the grace to convert him. Our lady just a few months ago said, My heart is bleeding looking at your sinful habits. Maria felt that. Maria did something very unusual. She wouldn't speak to anybody. She shuddered when she gave this message. She went in her house and locked herself in. Didn't want to see anybody for two days. We found out later, talking to her, that she felt what Our Lady felt in her heart. And they find that very difficult to even want to talk about it because it brings a memory back. She don't want to speak about these things. Why did Our Lady do that to make her hurt? Because Maria has to bring many people's lives to salvation. So this mother Jesus is talking about is going to be a twice-possessed person, her son, who's going to hell, is on the path of that, but she's going to do pray. When you say, I pray for you, what does that mean? You pray for your son. You pray for your daughter. I'll pray for you. Or you get on your knees and you pray for somebody and that's that person praying. In other words, when Jesus looks down, you say, I'm praying for Kathy. Then Jesus is looking down saying, Kathy's saying these prayers. You're doing the prayers they should be doing. That's what Jesus is saying here. Something profound. We never think about that until you get into the messages and the wisdom. And then you see, hey, I'm praying for them. I'm doing the prayers they should be doing. 
Because if you stay apart from that, I'm just praying for them and then God do something to them. No, you become proxy that person praying. God looks down upon you and your goodness and you've been victim of their hurt or the injuries or whatever. And God takes that by proxy as that person. You're doing the prayers that if they were doing those same prayers, he would get the grace. How else could he process that indulgence of this mother to that person? It's a beautiful thing. So when you kneel down and pray for somebody, you are them. And God is looking at Jim or whatever Mike or whoever it is. Very powerful, very profound. These are the secrets our lady's making us see that in wisdom that we can't see through being too theological. It's very simple. By proxy, you can save anybody around you. How many people read uh, Hope, Let It Be So? Starts out about to go riding the horse. Unbelievable story. Unbelievable. If you need hope, you need to read this. Unbelievable. And it happened in our backyard. It was something nearby. So we heard the story straight from the people. But Our Lady's here to give hope. So those people you're praying for, it's that way. Always pray anew for all the more love because merciful love, merciful love, brings light which breaks every darkness. Not some darkness. Not 99% darkness. Love breaks every darkness. You pray for the people. Plus, so your suffering, first your sufferings from conversion is for your own breaking of darkness in your heart. To be shattered. To be fallen apart in his hands. You're going to experience things when you want to really go to conversion that are very, very unpleasant. And you'll think your world is over. You'll think it's in because it is over. The world you live in, those things that take you from God, will be shattered, will be broken. And then they rebuild you. Put your head on her chest. She's there. They gave a message that whenever you need me, it's something urgent, in other words. Whenever you need me, call me and I will come immediately. You can't even go to your mayor that's only a thousand people in a top population town and have an appointment with them. Our Lady gives you immediately an appointment. She's been given a new efficacy in this time that every day she comes, she becomes more beautiful because she becomes more powerful. The visionaries have told us this. Every day. I question Marie about that. You can't tell me that for 30, back then it was probably 26 years, 25 years. You can't tell me, Maria, I'm at her house, that every day, it was just me and her, we, she just had an apparition. We sit on the couch. I says, Maria, I want to question you about this, about you saying Our Lady and the other visionaries, Our Lady becomes more beautiful every day. I says, that can't be. She says, yeah. I says, no. I says, there's things that I've seen or I do, and then you don't do it for a year, and you come back to it, and you, it refreshes you. You know, the more distance you get from it, if you do it every day, you're just going from today, you're more fresh from yesterday. And the immediacy of seeing Our Lady just outshines the day before. It's like that. She says, no. She says, Our Lady is more beautiful every single day. I said, Marie, how can that be? How, how can she become more beautiful every day? She says, I don't know. She's just more beautiful. I said, you're saying literally that from the day before and the day before that and the year before that and the year before that, that our lady is more beautiful every single day. She says, yes. 
And I used to pray to come in my messages. I had to pray about that. I realized that our lady has got millions, billions of prayers. She said the church is growing. And she brings that before the throne of God. And she got the jewel of all those prayers. And she comes back the next day more beautiful. And she is growing every day in beauty. And so love invokes love. I've learned how to love through our lady in a way I couldn't love. I have a hard time with two things. In the confessional line here and in traffic back home. <laughs> Crowds don't bother me. I don't want to be in them. So, our lady says patience. And you've had to learn that. I've learned a lot of patience. And our lady has taught me how to love. Even when I don't want to. I know I have to. And I've been victorious over and over and over. We shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. Our mission shouldn't be operating. You can go on the internet. All we are is a cult. All we are is after money. The most heinous things have been said about us. We've been stricken by everything there is out there. And we grow bigger. It's like the roadrunner on the cartoon. He gets in a fight and he steps out and they keep fighting. We love and then we step out and they all fight among themselves. How are we going to crush them this time? So you're going to face all these kinds of things with your life. But one thing that's going to hit you is Our Lady wants you to break on her. She wants you to understand the process of conversion is something that's very difficult. But we can have somebody who has a new efficacy, a new power to really hold our hand. And then you will be, through these trials and difficulties, doing the same for others. Because when Our Lady no longer is appearing, she's going to go to the people who is here, those who converted, those who went through the process. Somebody, when you need somebody right now, 
your pain and sorrows. Nobody on earth knows you like Our Lady knows you. She's here to read you. She's here to convert you. And these days should be seen as hours and minutes that you should grasp every moment to be with the queen who will come to you immediately. You get in these fields, you get in these woods, you get by yourself, get away from your spouses. It's you and God, it's you and Our Lady, it's you and Her Son. But you develop your relationship with Her and she'll mature your relationship with Her Son and with God the Father. Don't waste any moment You'll have an encounter with God and it will blow you away. There's nothing you can tell me that's happened to you or any miracle that I'm not surprised at. This is a place of miracles. Jesus could put an arm on a man that lost it. He could bring the dead back to life. He made the blind see. But what he couldn't do is convert his soul and change hearts that didn't want to. And so he had a lot of failures. Our Lady's batting average here is what Jesus talked about, what a mother can do. Because she's bleeding in her heart, expirating for you as your indulgence. And all you got to do is open your heart. And you'll be very surprised how real heaven is and what contact you'll have with Our Lady. Very personal, very intimate. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. May we give you these people, these days. We ask for a great grace to come upon them. We ask for an encounter with you. We don't anticipate that. We only open our heart to what it is you want to give to each one and what you expect of us. We pray for all the graces that's been dispensed in 35 years here. First, our gratitude that we are privileged to walk this ground in the time of grace. That in this conversion process, 
converting the whole world to good. That we live up to your expectations you desire for us. And that was a friend of Medjugorje, June the 24th, 2016, speaking to the BVM Caritas Pilgrimage Group in Medjugorje. Also a reminder that today begins the first of the seven novenas for the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. This is an important novena to be a part of. This is the 23rd year of these seven novenas. And after the novenas began in 1993, Many other prayer movements across the nation sprung up as a result of an increase of prayer. Prayer brought more prayer. And so now we see many movements across the nation and even across the world that are springing up now praying for this nation, especially in this critical year. And so uh, be, you can join and be a part of that. The Novena Prayers are on the homepage of Medj.com. You can go to the homepage and you'll see the Novena prayers for the seven novenas for the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. This is a very serious novena to be a part of and very important in this election year. A friend of Medjugorje said in his talk to the BVM pilgrimage group there in Medjugorje that when you begin to follow Our Lady, you will experience separation from those that you know. They become those who you knew. As your life opens up to new people, new faces, who become the people who your life becomes tied to as you begin to live the messages together. When you, as Our Lady says today, live God's commandments, that fruits into something good. And so, even though the path can be painful because of the separations. God brings good for you on earth. And she said those words in April of this year, the same exact words, good for you on earth. That's a promise of hers. So she also said today, I want to realize my plans. And she can do that through our prayers if we would persevere. So we invite you, as Reyes said, to join us in the novenas this year. These novenas that lead into the end of the year of mercy. We pray that you would understand the importance of your own role in God's design. So much of that is being prayer warriors with Our Lady. So we are happy to be with you tonight to share in reflecting over these last 35 years with Our Lady. And as always, our prayers and our hearts are with you. And so on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave, you are all in our prayers that it might be good for all of you, all of us on earth.